Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing This Vinaigrette Won't Die by Diana Crawls, featuring my pal Doro Sampson Valdez on guitar. Um, so I was born in California, in Compton. Um, so uh, I, it's hard to go through all my like childhood just because I moved a lot as a child. So I, I was born in California, but I didn't stay there for very long. Um, I think when I was like a year old, my mom, she... Uh, separate got separated from my dad so we moved back to Canada and then we kind of started like a, a run of cities because my mom is a Gemini and like whenever she she gets to a point where she's like okay I need something new well she would she would just move <laughs> but um so I guess um I spent most of my life or I mean the longest part in Montreal uh that's where i like uh, got introduced to music and kind of like became the person that I that I am now. Um, so I lived in Montreal from like elementary school to the first year of high school, which for you is like junior high, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Um, my my mom um yeah it's it's just like my my younger years is like extremely eclectic because that yeah there's all this moving going on and like my mom is like had a really weird lifestyle as like if you compare it to like most moms (laughs) sure sure um so yeah (laughs) did you have um any siblings or are you an only child uh, yeah, actually, so technically I'm an only child, like from, like, I'm the only child that my mom and my biological dad had together. Mm-hmm. But then when we came back to Canada, uh, my mom, she met my stepdad, who is like the person I consider to be my dad, mm-hmm. uh, who raised me. And then they got a brother who is my half brother. Um, so he's like a couple of years younger than me. And, Okay, so not not the age difference isn't that much. Uh, did you always get along, or 
maybe not so much. oh yeah well no? yeah actually um like right now me and my brother are extremely close and like i love my brother to death but when we were younger like me and him we were extremely hyperactive and <laughs> we had way too much time i think to just do like really stupid stuff and we would fight a lot but and so yeah i think when i was a child i didn't really like him but now like now we're extremely close and when i look back at this time i'm like i'm it kind of make me nostalgic of when we were just like i don't know we would like strangle each other almost <laughs> it's crazy but <laughs> yeah it was intense yeah <laughs> uh, i was i was you know before you were talking about strangling i was going to say was this like fighting like you know it starts as pretend and then it goes too far or was it you know genuine uh -huh. fighting it sounds like oh it yeah was, it was kind of it just oh yeah it was fighting <laughs> it, it it was definitely fighting like sometimes i think about it and i'm like damn i'm i'm kind of surprised that none of us got severely injured or none of us even died not it sounds really extreme but it's just like you know when you're a child and you don't realize how much you can hurt someone mm -hmm. it is, we would fight like that oh yeah <laughs> we I were think, extreme <laughs> yeah i think i think like it's just there's there's just something about kids like it like they're just like made out of rubber to to a degree you know? yeah like, oh yeah my kids mm -hmm. like you know i i don't find out about it until after it happens you know but you're like you you hit him with that baseball bat mm -hmm. like you did what like and and uh <laughs> you know like i know they act like it's they yeah, act like, it, oh that hurt but you're like no that's like scary as hell you that, know yeah like you could have like severely hurt yourself like yeah. truly <laughs> truly done something bad here <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure yeah um so what uh what kind of stuff were you and your brother into when you're when you're kids like um so when we were kids i think the thing that like one of the reasons why we didn't really get along it's like um, so my mom, she's always been really into metal, like she's really into metal music and, um, and my brother was pretty much like her. And when I was a child, I wanted to be as different as I could be from my mom. I so I was like really into like classical music and I wanted to be as far as I could from my mom. And I kind of associated my brother to my mom so we didn't really we weren't in the same like we weren't really doing the same stuff but we we, we would play together but we weren't like i don't know we we started relating to each other like only when we were teenagers because when i got into like heavier music then i would show him and then at this point we started getting getting closer but at first it was literally just fighting and sometimes playing but mostly fighting <laughs> yeah you said you were uh -huh. in, interested in classical music was that like from a very young age or uh yeah it started when i was in elementary school i was um so there is this violinist in quebec her name is angel dubo and 
uh, I was obsessed with her. I was like, my goal was to become a, like a famous violinist one day. And uh, so it only lasted, I think, from like eight to maybe 10, 11, maybe. And then it was completely the opposite. I started, I was started listening to like Good Charlotte and Simple Plan. And then I was like, okay, I'm emo now. I'm a punk kid. <laughs> did you, and, um, yeah. did you play violin uh, in school? Like when you said you were obsessed with it, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Were yeah. You- yeah. My mom, she, she got me a violin for, for my birthday when I was eight. So so, so played, I started taking classes and um how like you you seem like you were pretty serious about it like did you did you get like do you feel like you had like a, a knack for it like were you did it come easy to you or uh I think when I was younger yeah because I was I was really passionate about it mm-hmm. but then I only played it for maybe four years I think I stopped I stopped playing it when we left Montreal when we moved to northern Quebec so and when we stopped um I couldn't keep playing because um like the school I was going to in northern Quebec they had I was in like the music program but I couldn't play violin I had to play like the instrument that they had there so I I stopped and then and then I never like tried again since then. Yeah. Um, I think it, I feel, I mean, I never, I never like played it with uh, a more mature mind, I would say. Uh-huh. So I don't know if I was really good at it or if I had a, any talent for it. I felt like I did, but also I was like, I was like eight, nine years old. So uh-huh. maybe yeah. I was uh, biased. Yeah. You said when you went to the other school, you had to play the instrument that was that that they told you to play when you got yeah. there. What was that? Uh, they made me play trumpet, and I was really oh, wow. mad about it. <laughs> that couldn't have been I was like, more no. different. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they made at first. I wanted to try. I don't know how you call that in English, but you know that flute that is on the side. Uh, um, well, there's flute. I, I, the, it's like a flute that you don't. You're not holding down. It's it's like you're holding up on the side of yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I, as as far as I know, just like a standard flute is is held that way it's like held to the side um but you oh, may, yeah you may be talking about something more specific but yeah I'm okay not... no maybe maybe that's it it's just in french flute is another one but okay i, I think i think you're right so yeah I, I tried that and then it absolutely didn't work i could i couldn't figure out how to like put your mouth so that it, uh-huh. the, the sound would come out and so then the teacher was just like, yeah, just take the trumpet. <laughs> but uh, did you find like, did you find that easy to figure out? Uh, it's so weird because when I think about it, I don't really remember how it went. Yeah. It, it seems like I just did it, but I can't remember. <laughs> like I remember I, I played it and I could... Because I played violin, I could I could read like um, 
like the sheets and everything, uh-huh. but right. I I don't remember if I if I found it easy or hard or how much time it took me to get it or if I did at all get it. <laughs> yeah. See, the reason I asked it is, seems. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like I I no, got go one ahead. like five years ago, and I mean I oh, watched shit. videos online and stuff, and I had a book and. You know, I'm a, I'm, uh-huh. a, I'm a grown person and I was like, this is, <laughs> how do you fucking do this? You know, like it's not, uh-huh. I didn't feel like people just pick this up and, and can do it. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. It seems very like, um, I mean, I still don't know how it works. Okay. Okay. So you, so you force, you force the air and also mm-hmm. you make the, also you kind of make the noise, like you kind of make the note like with your oh voice. yeah that's right but you also don't like it's uh-huh yeah it, and i'm just like, i i remember now uh, like hearing you talk just remembered uh, just made me remember that um it's really hard to make the sound right mm-hmm. and also it hurts your mouth a lot mm-hmm. to push the air with like enough pressure and like tight enough and yeah yeah it's, mm. It's, I don't know, like, it's, it's really wild because it, like, you know, you, you look at, you look at it and you're like, how are you supposed to make like a range of notes with just these three keys? And it's like, because there's way more to it than that, you know? And, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's like, I, being able to play a few different instruments, like, I'm like, I have so much respect for anyone that can play any instrument, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but, but particularly like some of the brass instruments and stuff. I just, I just look at that and I'm just like, I I don't like, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like, Oh yeah, truly. Yeah. Don't latch on to that the same way, you know? Uh huh. Um, Yeah. It's weird. I'm I'm wondering now because like I never really thought about it because I like when I was when I was in this class and and the teacher was like yeah you can take the trumpet I was I was pissed because it, I was like I want to play violin I don't want to play the fucking trumpet <laughs> and so I feel like I I didn't enjoy or like I didn't really like live the moment I, it was kind of painful for not painful but. You know, I I was pissed. So I, I wasn't mm-hmm. truly enjoying what was going on. So yeah, I wish that I had like a different perspective at that time because it's true that it's like any brass instrument is is like really like if you compare it to most instrument, it's so per- peculiar. It's mm-hmm. so specific and hard. Yeah. And yeah, it's like. Well, I was also gonna say maybe. The reason why you were able to make it do something was because you were so pissed. You're just like, you know, you just like, oh really, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe that's the reason why you picked it up. I was thinking, uh, I was thinking that maybe, perhaps, because there's a lot of people in the class playing, we can really hear oh, what was going know. on with me. So yeah. <laughs> exactly, that, might, that could be it too. It's hard to tell, like, you know, when. Yeah, I don't know, like. It's wild, like, uh, my oldest, um, he played violin in the school band, and we... Oh, nice. uh, You know, they went to... uh, They didn't go to, like, big um, competitions. Like, they... 
-hmm. Like their their school was okay, but they didn't like mm -hmm. go so far. You know, they went to competitions, mm -hmm. and we would go and we'd watch. And um, mm -hmm. and it's it's uh it's wild because you know I don't pretend to like have an ear for like orchestral stuff exactly, but just mm -hmm. playing music all these years, you know, you do you do have an ear for stuff you know and so yeah yeah definitely yeah you can sit there and you can be like yeah one of those violins is real off, off. you know uh -huh. but, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but i don't know which one you know um, uh -huh. and i mean that's it's just like with uh it's just like the same thing with like the theory of the choir you know like where uh, -huh. uh if there's if there's somebody that's not really that on it's going to be fine because there's just so you know, so yeah, many. the over the yeah. overall sound is, yeah, yeah I, uh huh, yeah. I guess it, we can also say that it's the same in bands. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I I fuck up real bad, but I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm so happy that I'm not alone on the stage, uh -huh. and <laughs> it's possible that no one heard me fuck up. <laughs> yeah. if, also, but yeah, I. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's just like if you if you make a mistake, you know, then you can just like thrash your guitar around and you know, act like it was on purpose. Mm -hmm. you know? um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just yeah. Um, so you so you like uh, you were playing violin and then you were sort of um, trying to play trumpet, but you said you were also getting into uh, like some more like well known you know kind of like punk music and stuff um mm -hmm. did you immediately start fantasizing about like playing guitar and being in bands or yeah um it took uh, it took me a while before i i really started to to learn guitar so so i got the violin and when i got the vi uh, violin my brother got a guitar an acoustic guitar and so when I was like when I started getting into like more and like pop punk or like and slowly into like metalcore and stuff, some like sometimes I would like fantasize about playing in a band and being like playing guitar, but it felt like it was completely impossible for me because um well, first, whenever I would grab my brother's guitar, I would play like like the two chords that my stepdad had showed me and be like, this is fucking hard. I can't do this, uh, mainly because the, the guitar was extremely cheap and he, my brother still has it. And whenever I visit him, I try to play <laughs> and I'm like, OK, there's no way that someone can learn on this kind of guitar. It's, it's really, really cheap. Yeah. And then and yeah I, I didn't really have like um like I you know you know like um 15 years ago when YouTube would, wasn't really a thing to learn instruments and you kind of really had to take classes like lessons and I was like uh I can't I can't do this but I wish I could. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it it took me a while before I I like had people around me to truly show me how to play guitar and like I could also like when later on when I could just go on YouTube and be like okay I'm going to learn the song and practice. So yeah, I was definitely thinking about it and I 
want really wanted to, but I, I think it was just harder at the time to learn an instrument without having lessons because all I've had known at the time was just like you can learn an instrument if you have a teacher yeah because that's how it always had been for me and but yeah I was definitely fantasizing a lot about playing guitar What other kind of aspirations did you have, like, at that time? Like, if if you were, like, in school, would, did you have, like, something that you thought, like, this is what I'm going to do with my life? Um, um, or mm-hmm. was it just, like, you're just, was it similar, you know, where it was just, like, well, once I figure this, this stuff out, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play in bands and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, when, when I was in high school, I, so I was pretty torn apart in between, um, like doing something that would guarantee me that I would have a job and like an income, like money, something safe Uh or something that's more passionate. Um, because like my, my mom has always been pretty poor. So I was like, I've I've always been drawing my entire life, so apart like half of me really wanted to to keep drawing and maybe like do comics or work for like um like video games company and stuff like that, mm-hmm. do like graphic art and stuff like that. But then I was like, oh, it's like so many people want to do this, and the chances of me actually making money off drawings is it truly possible? So my other like my other half was like uh, perhaps do something that you will absolutely have a job once you finish school so um, when I finished high school I started working in like a lab I started studying to be a pharmacist because I was like to me it was just like okay you study and then you get a job and then you have money and then you have money to do 
what you're passionate about. Right. So, yeah, I think it's like also also when you're 17, <laughs> I feel like you never really know. Like it's hard to to settle on on stuff that concerns that that is about your future. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um. I don't know. I, I, you know, I personally never got there. You know, I just, uh, I, I just, you know, it's, it's cliche, but you know, you, sometimes you just don't think you'll, you're going to be around long enough to worry about any of that stuff, you know? So kind of like, um, trying to do what you want to do while you're, you know, while you have your time. And uh, yeah, yeah. then the next thing you know, you're like, uh, wow, well, um, that was a long time ago and I'm still here. I never like figured out what I would want to do like as a career or whatever. And um, uh-huh. I don't know, you know, like, I guess I, I still really kind of am not that, it like it sounds really bad probably to say, but I, I guess I'm not that concerned about it still. No, but yeah, like, but it's, I, I really relate with what you're saying now. And I think like when I was 17, I was so scared to end up kind of like my mom where she would struggle so much mm-hmm. just to have the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I realized kind of like, as you said, like I started studying to become a pharmacist and then I was just like, it, it wasn't me because it's really like you have to study extremely hard and it's like you're really fucked up industry. And, and then like my, my stepdad, who is the person that I considered to be like my dad, um, he, like he, he started, uh, his life working in like the forest, like picking up wood for wood industries And then later on, when he was 50 years old, he was like, oh, no, I want to be a nurse now. And then he just started studying that. And then he was like, no, actually, I want to be a social worker. So now he's doing um, like a a bachelor's degree in, in social working and seeing him just being like, I want to do this now and doing it, it, it kind of removed that idea that you have to settle for something. Right. Like I was like, Oh, actually like, you know what? I don't like nobody cares. You just do whatever you want to do. And like you try your best and do your best and what you're passionate about. And yeah. Yeah. I think that to me, that says two things really. It says like, number one, that like, it's not too late to like make up your mind that you want to do some specific thing. And number two, that like, you know, you don't have to be beholden to whatever it was that you you thought you had to do Uh because like, oh, I invested so much time doing this. Like, Uh how could I possibly, you know, change? change? Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess also like, uh, it kind of makes me think like, you know, maybe it's, it's fine to not, it's fine to just like not figure something out to just like not finish 
your yeah. your 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 you know your journey down one path or whatever as long as like what you're doing like feels good to you at the time yeah exactly you know? and i think too it's like once you you realize that you get rid of so much pressure and you can actually do stuff better like it's like another thing that my stepdad has always been telling me he he always told me that like when you when you're really passionate about something you kind of tend to go towards like these things and eventually some doors open and eventually like stuff happen and like like later on you'll be like oh shit i i did this and like it might not be like a whole career thing like a big like successful career thing but it's like something that you you're proud of and you didn't feel pressured to get there and do like you know just kind of followed your instinct and how you feel at the moment yeah yeah for sure Mm -hmm. um oh that's that's um that's really awesome um uh but you obviously eventually did uh start like being able to play guitar and being in bands and stuff Mm -hmm. um so what was the major turning point as far as as far as that goes, was it like getting access to like a, a like a better guitar that you could actually you know work with, and uh, or was it like yeah. you, like you said a, a number of factors like uh, technology catching up to the point where you could sort of self instruct or a little bit of mm-hmm. both things. Yeah, it's. I think it's a little bit of of both things. Like it's a little bit of t- the technology like uh having access to being able to learn by myself but also being surrounded by people who had like proper guitars to play on and practice and also having people who are who are really good at it who could help me like give me some tricks that uh, i couldn't figure out on myself like Mm -hmm. oh if you try like playing like putting your hands like this instead and and then also eventually i bought i bought my own guitar and i think the moment i bought my guitar is the moment that like i started i i completely committed to the instrument because it was just i just always like constantly had the guitar in my room and I was so into it at first I it's like I was 14 again in the basement and spending eight hours a day just trying to like palm mute or do stuff like that (laughs) what was that guitar that you bought uh it was a an sg a gibson sg yeah, it was it was really crazy. I went to the the music store without with no intentions of buying an instrument, and then I just saw this brand new SG that I was like, I really want this guitar. It's sick, and I I just bought it. And when I think about it now, it's kind of crazy to buy because it was like a an American like a Gibson. It was to me. It was a really big uh, expense for yeah. an instrument that I wasn't truly comfortable playing yet. Yeah. Because maybe I would have just bought it, and then two weeks after or a month after, I would have been like, "Oh, 
shit, I spent a thousand dollars for something that I'm barely touching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's um yeah, those are I don't know, those are my favorite guitars. I I um I don't oh, have yeah, a, me too. I don't have a a Gibson, I just have Epiphones, but like I just I I love everything about them. Like people are like, oh, they do this. Like you know, they're top, they're top heavy and and whatever. And I'm uh-huh. I don't know. Like that for whatever reason, with the way that I play, that works for me. I don't know uh-huh. why. Um, yeah, but, uh, I totally relate with you because I like since that guitar, I've had like a couple different guitars and 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 like I just bought like a a new guitar that technically is like everything is better if you compare compare it to the sg but i always go back to the sg because it's like the shape the the feeling i feel like whatever i write on the sg is always better than what i write on any other guitars for some reason feels like i play better on that guitar yeah (laughs) i just i love it yeah i i just think that they're um, they're just so versatile too. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like they don't like nothing over like no part of the tone overpowers the rest for me anyway, you know, um, mm-hmm. I'm not like, I know like you can do all kinds of things with any guitar. If you spend enough time, like, you know, working yeah. out all the, all the, uh, uh, all your little like knobs and you know whatever you're gonna do with it but like just when i just take one of those and just plug it in and you strum it and i hear every note like evenly yeah. and perfectly it's like, like yeah i don't know exactly it's instantly it. it's instantly it's what you need yeah yeah in- instantly perfect yeah um so you said like you were learning online and and uh, you know, you had people helping you um, learn mm-hmm. how to play and stuff. Um, did you like throw yourself into a band situation right away, or did you just like really hunker down and just try to get better? Or? Uh, yeah, no, I I waited for a little bit. I played a a couple years just by myself at first because um, I was really insecure at first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like. I kind of always had in my head that idea that if I was going to be a girl playing guitar, I had to be even better because I I was kind of, I kind of felt like a pressure of being better because I was like, people, if I'm going to play in a band, people are going to look at me and they're going to be like, oh yeah, she plays like a girl. And I know it's like the most, like sexist thing but it's like i i had really like internalized that idea that i had to be better so i felt like every time i i felt proud of myself i was like yeah but it's still not good enough to be in a band like it's still not good enough to play in front of people Mm -hmm. and yeah i think that's why i waited kind of a long time before i I practiced like and tried to like join actually join a band. I felt like I don't know I was, I was just really intimidated to playing with people. I was like, "Oh, everyone's been playing since they're like 11 or 12 and I just like started this like much later on." Yeah. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, it's, it's, you know, it's definitely like, definitely one of those things that, you know, I, I, I imagine that like, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of, uh, players in your situation, you know, mm-hmm. whether, whether that's gotten with, with the, uh, kinds of shows we play and stuff, you know, you think, well, mm-hmm. that's, that's probably a better situation than like typical, uh, yeah. Shows, like scenes know. like metal scenes or yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but still like what you said, like how you in- internalize that, that's like, mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing is, is, you know, you're pitting your own, like, can, you know, preconceptions about what's all going to be coming at you. And, and you, you mm-hmm. know, of course you're just like, I'm going to be better than that. I'm going to be ready for that, you know? And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, um, like, so what, what, was there a particular, like, was there, was there like a sign that you, you know, where you finally felt like you're like, all right, it's time or what, like, how did you end up, you know, playing in your first band? Uh, um, well, I think it's like my, like, actually Diana Cross is the first true band that I've been in. Like, I've, I've been in like other projects or not, they weren't like true projects, but we were just like, we would just like record shitty songs with my roommates for fun Uh or like, you know, stuff like that. But so, um, so at first Diana Cross was just the drum and the bass and they, so they, when they were looking for a guitarist, I was like, Oh, well, maybe I could try. <laughs> I was <laughs> super shy to try, but also I was like, well, they're my best friends. So if I fuck up, uh, if I fuck up, at least they know me. So it's not as bad. And yeah, like I started practicing with them and then it, I think because I don't know. They they just really helped me get out of that that like headspace of of that like insecurity thing. They they really made me feel more comfortable about just trying whatever, playing whatever, and also like um, I think I just never really paid attention before. But like when you listen to bands like Primus, which is like a band that Diana Cross is really inspired from. Mm-hmm. Um, the guitarist barely does anything, but what he does is like, is really important still. It's like the, the moments that the guitarist plays or how he plays or what he plays um, is like really thought even though it doesn't seem like it's much, but it's like, it really adds to to like the whole thing. It, and without the guitar, it would completely change the band. But like, when you only pay attention to the guitar, you're like, holy shit, like he barely plays anything. It's yeah. like super simple, but it works perfectly. And then I was, I, I don't know, just being with them and being with Diana Cross made me realize that you don't have to be like shredding all the time. Like, the idea is like to have that kind of like 
intelligence as a group to know when you should add something and when you should be more in the back and like how you can like bring whatever is happening and bring it somewhere else or I don't know the I think like the playing with them definitely helped me getting rid of that pressure that I was putting on myself and then made it possible for me to just be like okay I'm gonna like just do it now I'm just gonna like be more confident about playing even if it hasn't been like 15 years that I've been playing you know yeah 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 mm -hmm. it's it's really interesting like you know there's there's definitely like a you know not not just to your band but you know I I I thought like that you have a very uh unique playing style and I wouldn't have I mean, I do know that y'all covered, you know, a Primus song, but I never would have mm -hmm. been like, oh, yeah. Like, I never would have made that connection that that's, uh -huh. that's something that you've, like, um, like you've intellectualized that is like part of the... your approach. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, in that way. Uh -huh. but, I, but I can totally see it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, I think it's like it's a, it's really blended with other inspirations because, like, like, so Primus is one of them and I think you can see it like in the kind of like dancey and like the bass how the bass goes but we're also all fans of like the Locust and like the more like sassy mathy like weird um, like mathcore kind of uh -huh. stuff so mm -hmm. yeah it's a lot of like balancing and counterbalancing you know um, mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's it's um definitely uh like i i think next time i listen to um one of y'all's eps i'll i'll definitely hear it in a mm -hmm. different light after thinking about that that way
yeah, so, you, you know, you were finally uh, got, got into a band and you started playing, um, like, and this was your first band, so mm-hmm. it, it sounds like they were kind of already doing stuff before you joined, but, like, once you joined, um, did, like, did, did that s- sort of, like, finalize everything and did, like... Were we all like, okay, now it's time to like, you know, write, mm-hmm. write some music, record some music, and play some shows? Um, or were yeah, you yeah, just, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When so Diana Krause, like prior to me coming in the band, had one show. Um, uh, so there was one show with only bass drum and um and miala and the vocals and and but at that show i think i i had already practiced with them once or i was going to so it was like it was just this show was like the the only show that was going to happen with without guitars and then once we like it took maybe a couple like maybe two or two months or three months for me to to write guitars on every song that they had already previously wrote right and then once i did all of these songs we were like okay let's go let's record and uh yeah and then we we just started writing and and yeah i think i think that like when i when i joined the band it settled a lot of things because it it kind of settled me playing guitar it settled the band and it settled like a sound um too so mm. it really felt great uh, it was a good moment. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so you said mm-hmm. you played a couple months and then you were recording, but did you play shows before you recorded or did you, you join the band and you did a recording first or? Uh, no, I, um, so my first show with them was, um, it was unplanned, but I think it was a show with Masanera and the Discord of a Forgotten Sketch in okay. Montreal. And it, there was supposed to be a band from Ontario playing on that show, but then they couldn't come. So I think Masanera asked Diana Cross to play. And I was like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> I've never I've never played a show with guitar yet. And I was extremely nervous also because Discord of a Forgotten Sketch is like to me like a truly like OG band from yeah. Montreal. Like yeah. they've they've been on for a really long time. Absolutely. So I was I was like, oh my God, if I like I'm gonna shit my pants is I'm so stressed. But it was it was really great. And also, uh, the people in Discord of a Forgotten Sketch are extremely sweet and chill. So the pressure the pressure was like released once it happened because like I felt intimidated at first, but then like these people are so sweet and chill that I was like, okay, it it wouldn't be them that would be like, oh, Doro cannot play guitar. <laughs> right, right. But yeah. Um, so yeah we played a couple shows and then we recorded yeah that's awesome um 
Yeah, like I, I always, uh, I mean, I don't, I hope no one takes offense to this, but when when people mm-hmm. say the Discord of a Forgotten Sketch, I immediately, like, the thought that comes to my mind is, like, they're the Coma Regalia of, of Canada. Like, they, they've been yeah. around for a long time. They have way more uh-huh. songs out than people know about. Like, yeah, it's every true. time I turn around, I'm like, they did a split with that band, too? Like, I just, uh-huh. I, they have just such a, ridiculously like awesome discography and like the yeah it's true they've done splits with and it's it's a so um Uh uh-huh i never made that comparison before but it's it truly makes sense (laughs) you're right people should say that coma regalia is the american version of them because they (laughs) they're more impressive but um but yeah that oh no i'm always like (laughs) Yeah, they've been around for this long. They're still going. They're still putting out mm-hmm. good records. Uh, yeah, they're they're awesome. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, Truly, I I did. I have released um, one record with them. Uh, the, oh yeah. It was. Uh, I think it's just self titled. It was like the. I don't know how many LPs they have, but it was, um, maybe like in like 2013 or 2014. They did oh, is it the one with the, with the face? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, printed. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Oh, yeah, that yeah, that album is really good. Yeah. I fucking love that album. That's great for sure. Did you did you listen to them when they were kind of like the locust ish? Um, I think I, I think I only just first heard about them. Um, didn't they do a split with um, Brain Fever? Yeah, I think yeah, so, so. Yeah, that's when I heard of them. So were they like the locusts uh-huh. before that? I think so. Yeah, because when when they started uh, at first, they would wear costumes and oh, they were awesome. they were crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then they just they calmed down a little bit growing up. I think. Yeah, but it was still it it was always sick, no matter what. But I always wanted to do that and. When we started Plague Walker, I was like, "We're gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna wear costumes. We're gonna like you know blah blah blah." Uh-huh. And it only happened like one time, but, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like when you do that, you have to commit and have a consistency. Otherwise, it's like fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> People won't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you, you have to, you have to be everybody has to be super down for it before it even happens. So you can yeah. keep up that level of like momentum, I think. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's hard. One day you and I will be in a band together and we'll, we'll put on costumes and we'll do, we'll do that. Hell yeah. I mean, cause once, Hell yeah. once the, yeah, yeah exactly. Once, once the world comes back to normal. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be in every band. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you, you know, you played you played your show and you said like you were really nervous at first, but then afterwards mm-hmm. you're like, it was totally chill. So after you played your first show, like, was it just, was it everything you thought it was going to be? You were like, I got to do that again. Uh, yeah, I was, um, I was, I was like, okay, this was way too short. I want to do it again now. And because now I know how it is and I'm, I'm not as stressed. I want to do it again now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And 
Yeah, and yeah, I, I, like when I was a younger and playing violin and the trumpet, we also did shows, but it was with school and it, but it also gave me that feeling, the feeling that you get when you play a show and when you leave the stage and you're like, oh my God, this was nice. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and yeah, but I'm playing in and uh, like, your people, your community, like your scene. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's, yeah, it's truly amazing. Truly nice, like awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so like you, <laughs> you went straight from that to doing a recording session. Like what was your experience like on your first recording session? Um, it was, uh, it went pretty well, I think. Actually, no. Um, <laughs> it went because okay so the thing is that the first EP the first Diana Krause EP we recorded the drums and the bass together okay. and then when I when I was recording the guitars I was like oh it's so weird it sounds it doesn't sound like when we practice and I was like I guess maybe because I'm playing it I don't realize that it sounds weird <laughs> but then at some point we were like okay no something's wrong something's definitely wrong and then we realized that david the bassist was like tuned half step down oh. instead of of like the standard d standard uh -huh. he was just like and not completely half step down it was like he wasn't tuned at all so we had to re-record everything okay so but so it it didn't go well but i think on my end it wasn't it wasn't too bad yeah it's just like we had to do it twice because of that but yeah yeah i was <laughs> yeah i was gonna i was gonna you know ask like did you just did you just go and say well i guess i'll tune to what's already there or you know but you had to you had to go and redo it but um so since they mm -hmm. had already done everything once already were they nice and warmed up and they got through it the second time like pretty easily uh the thing is that a couple months had passed oh, <laughs> because oh. it took us it took us a while before we realized because at first we were like i was like oh i think you're actually tuned half step down instead of a full step down so i tuned my guitar half step half step down instead and then we realized that one of his bass string was probably full step down so it wasn't completely so we we're like okay i think we just have to re-record everything and we had to re-record the drums too or no wait we had to re-record everything because uh the drums some... and the bass yeah you yeah, could hear bleed. the bass and the drums yeah. exactly so we were like okay let's just start all over yeah. so that's the reason why when we got to new friends fest one it's the reason why we didn't have any merch oh, because okay. we we had to redo everything <laughs> oh, okay. yeah that's that's uh yeah that's the show that that we played and that's yeah exactly it's the only time i've seen y'all play but but um uh-huh yeah that was a that was an awesome show um yeah it was it was sick yeah i'm, I'm really glad that we made it in time <coughs> uh -huh. um i think didn't i think y'all played after us but um yeah we just that was 
that was quite a day for us. We spent mm -hmm. like, I don't know, three hours at the border or something like that. It was uh, not, not the worst case scenario, but it wasn't great either. It wasn't the best. Yeah. yeah Did yeah. you come straight from like straight from your home to Toronto? Oh yeah. Cause it's or not that far. It's like, it's like less than eight hours. It's around eight hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's much better than I thought. Yeah. Oh wait, no, wait. No, we actually, hmm, I can't remember because we've been into Canada a few times, but no, I think we actually uh -huh. did, we, I think we actually did play in, uh, in Detroit. Like, I can't remember if we played in Detroit the day before or the day after, but uh -huh. I don't know. At, at any rate, it was like, we had all this time to spare. We got to the border and then we're like there for so long. And I guess the worst part of it was too, is, um, so the thing is, I guess what made them so suspicious is that uh, our drummer did not have um, did not have a passport, and he was just oh, like, shit. like, but people in Montenegro do this all the time, where you just have like your uh, social security card and your license, and and it's just fine. But um, the thing about, I guess, the difference is in in my drummer's case. Um, he had a passport that was expired. And so uh, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't like, he didn't like say that to them or anything. I don't think, but uh -huh. so I guess what they're doing in there is they're trying to figure out why is your passport expired or whatever. So yeah. when we came back into the States, um, he, he straight up told the person at the border, he was like, uh she was like passport and he was like well i have one but it's expired and she said just give it to me and she gave it and okay. she like scanned it or whatever she did and she let us right through and and he was like wait a minute should i have just done that coming in and she was like yeah and we uh, were like fuck. yeah yeah so we didn't find that out until like after the fact but i was just like what, uh -huh. is, what is this even for like why is it even expire if they can just check it the same way yeah know, exactly but I mean, it probably Damn. is, it's probably different, like per country, you know, it's probably different. Yeah, yeah. Depending on, and, you know. and even just the person that you, that you get. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can have different treatment too. So yeah, mm -hmm, for sure. The borders are, are never, never a fun moment, always yeah. a stressful moment. For sure. Um, so di did you, um, before, you know, um, everything that's happened in the last year. I can't, I can't remember, like, did y'all do much touring, um, you know, before um, everything kind of like got shut down? Yeah. Uh, with Diana Cross, we like mostly played, um, like Toronto and like some places in Quebec, but we, we toured with, uh, Marie Noir uh -huh. and like we went to the States for, for two weeks. Uh -huh. And both bands, so Marie Noir and Diana Cross, were supposed to go to Europe. Yeah. yeah. For Miss the Stars Fest, and uh -huh. then and then that got canceled. So we had plans to, but then COVID happened. And you're, are but, you, um, you're in both those bands, right? Yeah. Okay, I thought so, but but I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't hundred percent. Yeah, it's like uh -huh. um, I I couldn't remember if um. 
your other band had toured already or not, but um, but I did know that we were probably gonna run into y'all over there because Plague Walker was all supposed to play uh, Miss the Stars. Um, oh yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, um, now since like since all of that and everything, you've you've moved to Halifax. It, yeah, exactly. It, uh, <laughs> it, so, where does everybody else in your bands live now? Um, okay, so Diana Crawls, it's easy. Everyone lives in Montreal. Okay. And so the band still, like, it's still going on. It's just we're going to work from a distance. They're going to, sh- like, send me demos and I'll write stuff over it and I'll send it back to them. Uh-huh. And Marie Noir, um, so Marie Noir, we've always been kind of like a long distance band-ish. The drummer lives in Toronto. And so now I live in Halifax and the drummer is still in Toronto. So we've, like, we've, we were already used to, like, writing songs on Guitar Pro or, like, just recording stuff and then sending each other whatever we we wrote and then uh we would send that to the the drummer once once we figured like all the strings we would just send it to the drummer and then he would write stuff over it or be like oh maybe this part we should like play it twice or do like this thing whatever mm-hmm. so yeah um so yeah, so Marie Noir is like still mm-hmm. working kind still. of the same way. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, why did you, why did you move? Um, so because of COVID, um, so like my partner lives in Halifax. Oh, okay. And because of COVID, we couldn't see each other because the thing is, uh, Nova Scotia is extremely like severe with COVID. So if you want to come in the province, you have to isolate by yourself for 14 days. And if you leave the province, like for my partner to come visit me in Montreal, well, they would have to isolate when they would come back home just by themselves. So they would have like, they would have needed to rent an Airbnb just by themselves for two weeks. Um, so I was like, well, there's nothing going on in Montreal right now. Mm -hmm. And I, I had like, I got the chance to work from home for the job that I had in Montreal. So I'm still working for them, but just from home. Okay. So, so yeah, it was like, I don't know. I feel like COVID kind of pushed people to make decisions or do, do stuff kind of like change your, your lifestyle. (laughs) And I guess, I guess that was, that's like the, the COVID effect on me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, think you had a, a unique like position as far as like, well, yeah, I can just do, I can do this job from wherever. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of your, it sounds like a lot of your, you know, um, the music that you've been working on also, you're like, well, I can, I can continue to do that. And then, you Mm -hmm. know, with the other thing, it's just like, well, um, either we just like, won't see each other or I, or like I can isolate one time for 14 days and then we can, you know, 
figure yeah. figure the rest out or else like yeah, yeah exactly the other things just sounds like a like i mean you can't just yeah you can't just come over for a weekend and then go back and isolate for 14 no, that's days a, every time. No, exactly. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And also, like, like, since COVID happened, we didn't have the chance to see each other at all. So it really got to a point where I was like, okay, someone's got to do a move. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, in Montreal right now, it's, it's pretty bad for COVID. So, like like you, there's a curfew and like everything is kind of fucked and there's not much to do and it feels unsafe. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I it felt like moving here was an, a good idea. Um, like I was like, well, everything's there for me to do it without having too much, uh, consequences. Like, so yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, so like what um what what is like other than you know like just like hoping uh you know per for a like perspective like return to shows at some point like what is um what's next for you as far as like what your bands are like trying to like are you mm -hmm. um like you said are you just sending each other stuff back and forth like are you um mm -hmm. sort of trying to coordinate like on new releases or yeah yeah uh yeah definitely we have um so diana Cross have has a split coming out soon oh awesome um yeah so that's really exciting um and then also we so during the like since the covid started um I kind of always lived with either the drummer or the bassist from Dynacross. So we, we never really had to stop practicing because we were always, we just lived together. Oh, right, right. So, so we got the chance to write a lot of stuff. So technically we're, we also have like, like an almost enough stuff to, to release an LP. So oh, wow. then after, yeah. So after the split is released, we're like strictly go going to work on the, the LP because we really want to release something that is more consistent, like something that is more than just like five minutes of music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I think that we'll probably record maybe in, in the fall. I mean, it's still unsure, but I, I'm hoping for fall, maybe earlier, maybe a bit later. Yeah. And then with Marie Noire, so with Marie Noire, we have a lot of, of stuff, a lot of song written to, um, because the way that we write is like either me or Johan, the other guitarist, will write songs and then we'll just share it and then other, other people write on it. And so it goes pretty fast. And so we also have pretty much everything for an LP. Um, but the thing is that our plan was to record in Europe when we were going to go to Mr. Stars Fest. Oh. So, so at first we were like, oh, should we wait? Like maybe COVID will stop and then we'll be able to go to Mr. Stars and then 
we can record or our LP, but now it seems like maybe it's unlikely. So I guess, I guess eventually we'll we will record that album. Um, yeah. But here, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were you gonna? But yeah. Were you gonna record at Sunsetter? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, I, I, you know, that'd be wild. But yeah, I, good guess. <laughs> did yeah. Did you go at Sunsetter? Uh, no, but I, uh, but that's where like Two Languish recorded, and you know they mm -hmm. they've made quite a name and impression for themselves yeah, yeah. over there. So that's really cool. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Well, that that all sounds awesome. I can't. Uh, I can't wait to find out you know, who you're splits with and, and, uh, and hear that mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, I, I suppose that's still under, under wraps or is that information out there? Uh, it's not out there yet. Okay. So I don't know if it's like, I, I guess I can, I can say it because I mean, I don't know. Okay. I think I'm just I'm just gonna say it because okay. I'm really excited and I hope that well maybe people won't really care either. <laughs> but <laughs> so we're putting out a split with this band from Halifax called Butterfly. Okay. Yeah. I don't know I, if you've heard of them. I have. I have. Um, I I've heard them on some comps. I think. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they. I think they were on the camp with uh, no funerals yeah. that we were all on uh -huh. also. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's sick. Their their song is is really really fucking good, and it's nice because the thing that we like with Diana Cross is doing stuff with people, but sounding completely different. And because we like this idea of like a split where it's just like, it's not just like all bands like that are all the same. It's just kind of weird, but we, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And uh, so it should be, should come out on seven inch. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so is that, is that already like at the plant or? uh we got our masters from the today so i think awesome. we just need to to approve them and then once once it's like sure like it's good then it's going to be sent for sure that's awesome that's awesome yeah um yeah I'm sure people keep a keep an ear out for that um mm -hmm. uh before we go is there anything else that you wanted to chat about um uh, well, not really, but I do want to say that I'm really excited for the future because I can't wait for uh, everything, you know, I can't wait for when we can do stuff like New Friends Fest again oh, and yeah. like we can tour the States possibly and see friends and feel like there's like this community again. And that was my conversation with Doro Sampson Valdez. Thank you so much, Doro, for taking the time to chat with me. Also, thanks to all of y'all for listening. Until next time, 
Take care and do good things 